everyone, welcome back to MMA Fan. I'm your host, Justin Henson. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give my recap of the fights that happened last night. What happened earlier in the week was we had a really stacked card, and then it dropped down to a little less stacked card, still with some great fights and some big names on the fight card, and two title fight main events. Well, main event and co-main, but essentially in my world they were main events, because Thug Rose versus Joanna was a main event fight in my mind but we're gonna go ahead and jump into the prelims first with the light heavyweight bout Devin Clark versus Mike Rodriguez so I don't know if you listened to the re to the preview episode but if you did I thought Mike Rodriguez was gonna win um I thought that due to his size and his reach advantage and it would seem to be better skill and transitions on the mat he was gonna win um, Devin Clark proved me wrong with that. Clark kept Octagon control throughout the fight while landing multiple hits and pushing the fight to the ground. With Rodriguez not getting in much offense at all, uh, Clark easily pulled out the win in this fight. Wasn't a huge slugfest or anything. Just normal pace, normal fight. Devin Clark ended up pulling out the win in this one. Then we move on to Rollins versus Beck Rollins versus Ashley Evans Smith. Another fight I did not pick correctly either. I kind of picked that fight more based off of okay, I want I wanted Beck Rollins just to kind of get back on track, but that didn't happen. Um, round going in round one with the fight, it was very back and forth, even round. I would have given it to either fighter um, coming out of round one it would seem uh, for in round two Beck is down two rounds although both rounds were very close round two was another kind of even round but it could be given to Ashley um, and then Evans pulled out the win in a very close fight that she got she got just a little bit more action than Beck Rollins. It's a very even fight from both sides throughout the whole fight. Very back and forth. Um, Ashley just happened to do a little bit more in order to pull out the win on that one in each round. So with that, she won the whole fight. Then we move on to Evan Dunham versus... I'm going to mess his name up again. Olivier... Aubin Mercier, OAM. He won the fight with great octagon control and striking. After getting solid hits on Dunham and rocking him, he had a very impressive finish with just 53 seconds into the first round. And he hit some solid, solid hits on Dunham and ended up going to the ground and finishing the fight. It was a really good knockout. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe he got a fight of the night. He got a fight night bonus for that as well. Then we move on to Carolina Kowakowicz versus Felice Herrig. This was one of the. This was the second fight of the night I actually picked correctly. 
Um, I mainly just picked on both fighters have been big names for the, the women's strawweight division so far. They've had tough losses against big names. And so with those being, Carolina's two losses being Joanna and Claudia, I feel like she's been in with some tough competition. And if those are your only two losses, not a bad deal, really. I mean, you like, yeah, I lost to Joanna. Yeah. And Claudia. But I won the rest of my fights. I'd take it. Um, the first round was pretty close with the ending on the ground and some very odd transitions from Carolina. But I was honestly quite confused on that, how that happened, but they did. Um, it was just very weird. I kind of missed the second round and came back to Carolina um, more into the fight now and Carolina winning it with a split decision. So I'm guessing during the second round it was relatively even. Uh, Ashley probably got the upper hand a little bit. And then in the third round, I believe Carolina took that one as well to close out the prelims. So we start off the main card, the pay-per-view, with lightweight bout between Joe Lozon and Chris Grutzemacher. This is actually a really good fight from Chris Grutzemacher. Um, he was my pick going into the fight, just so rooting for him to win. And Joe Lozon's had a very back-and-forth career. So I felt like this could be one that Chris could manage to pull out and kind of just get his first bigger name in the UFC win against. And he did a phenomenal job at that. Luzon came out into the fight pushing the pace and maintaining octagon control while landing strikes until Chris took it to the ground. Once Chris took the fight to the ground... That was essentially it. Chris had pretty much won that fight at that point because he was fully invested in that fight. And when they stood back up, it was all Chris the rest of the round. He maintained the pace. He pushed for control. He tagged Lozon multiple times. Um, and in the second round, it was pretty much the same thing. Chris, Chris kept uh, pushing the pace. Had several close-range hits. Uh, repeatedly just punished Lozon's face with hooks, uppercuts, and punished his body with knees and body strikes as well. Um, after the, and Lozon's had a couple cuts on top of his head and his left eye swollen shut. Um, they made, made it out of the second round, which I was actually really surprised. I thought Chris was going to end up finishing it that round, but that didn't happen. So then we go into the, you know, break in between the rounds. And it was actually called on Lozon. Um, he was determined to be medically unfit to continue the fight. And Chris Grutzmacher got the win was considered a win by TKO five minutes in round two. So then we move on to Zabit Magomedov Shaparov 
versus Kyle Bochniak. Um, Bochniak was very, very bouncy. Um, just kind of just bouncy like a rabbit, and you saw that a lot throughout the first round, bouncing back and forth. Uh, it was neither of them really pushing the pace. Sabit went for lots of kicks um, in round one, and he ended up getting the better hand of that just throughout his kicks. Uh, it was. It seemed more so even, but not really. Zabit ended up getting a lot more in. Kyle was very bouncy and was very antagonistic in round one, but not getting much out of it. Um, and round two, you see pretty much the same thing. Zabit went for a few takedowns. Uh, he got several kicks to the body hand. He bruised uh, Kyle Bochniak's right side from Bochniak taking so many kicks to the side. Came out of the second round with, uh, Bochniak came out of the second round with multiple cuts on his head and face. Um, I kind of had this note here, stop acting all cocky and arrogant. Uh, because throughout round two, there were multiple times where Kyle was just bouncing and kind of just did the hands down thing. Like, come on, come on. You know, um, in reality, Kyle really wasn't winning coming at that point. Uh, if you're going to act all arrogant and cocky, at least be winning the fight. <laughs> don't don't be doing that if you're not winning the fight. Um, Zabin ended up winning that fight, and it was, it was an alright fight, you saw two different styles, and I think, uh, from being so bouncy, Kyle Bochniak kind of wore himself out with his cardio as well, you could see that in between rounds, his breathing was a little bit heavier than he probably would have wanted it to be, um, Moving into fight number three, we have a featherweight bout between Renato Moicano, number 11, and number 13, Calvin Qatar. I honestly thought Calvin Qatar was going to come into this and win this fight, um, and what I saw was Calvin Qatar just lose. But it was a little hard to kind of give a whole lot of information about this fight just because there were lots of technical issues. Um, we went to Hooters to watch the fight, and from what I noticed, it doesn't seem like it was something on Hooters' side of things due to pretty much any time there was a strike coming or any exchange or encounter between the two fighters. The feed would kind of just become terrible. Uh, throughout this fight, my main thought was, oh my gosh, the girls are fighting next. Please, please get this fixed. Like, I've been looking so forward to the girls fighting. You are not allowed to have this screwed up. Uh, I got to see round three. <laughs> 
I missed the first two rounds, but I got to see round three from what I saw in round three. Calvin Qatar was losing, and it ended up going up to going to decision. And from the decision scorecards, I'm guessing round one and two were relatively similar to round three. Uh, Moicano pushed the fight a little bit more, got more out of the exchanges, uh, hit, landed more significant strikes, and just performed slightly better, uh, performed better than Calvin Guitar and did that all three rounds, um, winning the fight with a unanimous decision by the judges. Really wish I had more about that fight, but unfortunately I don't just due to the feed that was coming for the fights. So then next up was the co-main event, which was the fight on the card I have been most excited about. I was more excited about the, this fight than I was Ferguson versus Khabib when Ferguson versus Khabib was the scheduled fight. We have Ro Thug Rose Nama Yunus. Versus Joanna Boogie Woman Jerdesic. A lot of people came into this fight thinking JJ was going to win her title back. Um, just calling it a fluke victory last time on Rose's part. I personally did not see a fluke victory last time. And I came into this fight expecting a fight of the night. And I still think this one was fight of the night. You had both fighters fighting relatively well on both sides. It was a relatively close fight throughout the whole fight. Um, Rose came in the first two rounds. Winning those two rounds easily. She connected with, with a lot more. She dodged so much of Joanna's stuff. Um, she pushed the pace and kept Octagon control the whole round. She easily took those two rounds away. Going into the third round, it seemed Joanna managed to find her pace and feel more back in the fight. You could see Joanna thro throwing more leg kicks in the third, fourth, and fifth round. Um, she... Went for more exchanges, didn't really connect with the majority of her exchanges, was still missing a lot of strikes, and just, she seemed a little bit timid throughout the fight to kind of close the distance in order to hit those strikes that she needed to. Um, the commentators towards the end of the fight really thought it was kind of an even fight. But I'm not exactly sure what they were seeing. Just because if you look at it. Joanna missed a lot of her stuff that she was going for. She connected with leg kicks. Um, but she was missing a lot of the stuff. And the exchanges between the two rows was coming out on top. Connecting with Joanna. Hitting uh, Joanna's face with the majority of her strikes. Whereas Joanna was missing a good portion of her strikes. Joanna did connect with some of her strikes but Joanna's got some serious power in her fists and if she would have connected with more of her strikes and uh, to the extent that the commentators and other people watching thought she did um, Rose would have fallen there's no doubt in my mind Joanna would have won that if she would have connected with 
more of her strikes, but she, she missed quite a few. Um, although it was still a really good fight coming out to the end. It was, you know, in my opinion, it was fight of the night. Rose won. Um, I'm guessing the judges gave her, gave her rounds one, two, four, and five, just because it was unanimous, 49-46. Um, it was unanimous, unanimous decision, scored 49-46, I'm guessing Rose easily got rounds one, two, and five, Ioana got round three. She definitely won round three. Round four was a lot closer. It could have gone Ioana. But with it being closer, I think Rose ends up taking away just because, you know, you got to pull that, that round from the champion when you're the challenger. So Rose won that one. It was a great fight, fight of the night for me. Um, UFC didn't give it that way. <laughs> they ended up giving... Khabib versus Iaquinta, the fight of the night, which I don't think is a bad option either. I just think for fight of the night, it needs to be more even fight. And Khabib versus Iaquinta was not. I do think for the Khabib Iaquinta, the judges scored it a little wrong and a little messed up. They gave a lot of 10 8 rounds um, towards Khabib, and I think. A couple of them were probably closer to 10-9. But either way, Khabib won. Um, I didn't write a whole lot of notes in my paper. And luckily, I remember that fight pretty well. But round three, I was like, should I really start writing stuff down? Because I feel like there is a possibility of this fight going the distance now. It's like, no, no, Khabib's going to finish it. Khabib's going to finish it right here. The next time these two go to the mat, Khabib's winning this fight. Uh, guys, I didn't write any notes on this fight. It went five rounds. <laughs> I was very surprised that both the co-main and the main event went five rounds. And the night comes. It's 12.30 when the fights are over. I was tired. I went home. And my phone had a charge. So... I didn't get to drop a podcast last night. But we go into rounds one and two. With Once again, I want to reiterate, the lightweight division is such a stacked division. The fact that Anthony Pettis is number 12 just lets you know this division is stacked because everyone above him is also a great, great fighter. And it's, it's just a stacked division that's been stuck on hold. So I acquainted being number 11. I didn't really discount that. And I thought this should be a decent fight at some point. It's either going to be a decent fight or I is going to get his butt kicked. So um, it was kind of a little of both. Round ones and two were basically the same thing. Um, for some reason, people were booing the fight, which I don't understand, because this is what Khabib does. Everyone loves Khabib, but this is what Khabib does to win fights. And if you haven't seen it at this point, you should go back 
you should watch Barbosa. You should the Barbosa fight. You should watch his other fights. This is what Khabib does to win. He does it very, very well. In rounds one and two, you see Khabib taking Ayaquinta down to the ground. Um, he's pushing the pace very much. Eventually, shot for takedowns would get him down. Use his body weight. Use his legs. Um, trap for trap Ayaquinta's legs and arms while just punishing his face. And I was very impressed that there was a point in, I believe it was in round two, he had Iaquinta's back, and instead of just mauling Iaquinta's face, he was trying to do it to the effect that he wasn't going to be smacking the back of Iaquinta's head. And I think that was really great on Khabib's part. You know, you don't want to go hitting the back of the guy's head, because one, that's kind of messed up, and two, that's against the rules. So Great job on Khabib for that. Um, he easily pulls out rounds one and two, 10 8. And then we go into round three. Khabib tried shooting for takedowns again. Iaquinta was not letting it happen. He somehow figured out after round two to defend Khabib's takedowns, um, which Khabib has a very unorthodox way of getting takedowns. It's not just like a single leg shoot, pick you up, drop you down type deal. Uh, it's it's very unorthodox and hard to explain. He kind of just traps a leg and pushes you to the mat. Uses his body weight a lot in it. But Iaquinta figured something out in round three. Didn't let the takedowns happen. Kept it as a standing game. Connected with some hits. Um, kind of proved himself that, you know, he wasn't just someone, this huge, huge underdog. Yeah, he was an underdog. It was an underdog story, but it wasn't like there wasn't a chance Iaquinta could win this. Iaquinta stood a chance. And Iaquinta showed that in rounds three, four, and five. It was very much the same thing. They stood and they exchanged in rounds three and four, very boxing. Um, Khabib tried not to take so many hits because Iaquinta does have knockout power and it does only take one hit sometimes to knock a guy down. And then we roll into round five. Khabib knowing he can't take a lot of Iaquinta's hits because eventually Iaquinta could somehow find that knockout hit. Khabib kept trying to push for the takedown, eventually got the takedown with about a minute and 53 seconds left in the round, and just did his same thing. Um, he kept pushing the Iaquinta down, refused to let Iaquinta stand back up. If Iaquinta stood back up, he'd push him down. Out of this fight, with getting takedowns in rounds 1, 2, and 5, Khabib got 8 takedowns. Which is a lot. Not a new record, but quite a lot of takedowns still, to say the least. And so, we end up going to judges' scorecard. I Quinta really put on a good fight for Khabib. Um, judges scored it 50-43 for Khabib and new lightweight champion. Later confirmed by Dana during the post-fight conference, Khabib is the only champion in the division. Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor have been stripped of their belts. And the 
lightweight division gets to live on and move on and have people prosper again. It was a really good fight. Um, wasn't the fight. It will, Khabib didn't perform as well as he wanted to perform. He knows he didn't perform as well as he wanted to perform. And his coaches were very adamant about that. Said, telling him he had to get the fight back to the ground. He can't keep taking these exchanges because I had to have power. Um, but he comes out of this fight with another impressive win and a 10-fight win streak in the UFC and 26-0 and in his MMA career, which is very impressive. I, I'm about 95% sure that he's probably the only MMA fighter to go undefeated for 26 fights. I mean, even GSP, Anderson Silva, Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, they still had some losses by the, the time they had 26 fights under their belt. Khabib has a method. He does it very, very well, and he's figured it out. Um, we should have some good fights in the future. Overall for the... F oh, and Khabib versus Iaquinta, one fight of the night, by the way. In case you're wondering who got that one. Um, there's one more award given. I don't remember what it was. It was kind of late when I was watching that. Because um, it was at the post-fight fight press conference. And that thing did not end till 3 in the morning. And I did not stay up till 3 in the morning to watch all of that stayed up about half an hour after I got home to watch a little bit of it. Watched parts with Ioana. I watched a little bit of Dana. I didn't stay up long enough to watch Khabib because I was going to sleep. It was late. <laughs> late. Let me reiterate the fact that the two title fights went all five rounds. Uh, but Relatively, they were some really good fights throughout the night. Really good fights. Really good finishes for the ones that did have finishes. And if it didn't have a finish for the co-main and main event, those were very back-and-forth fights. And it was very, very good on both of them. Um, I, I was really impressed walking out of there with the fights that had been on that night. And it was kind of what I expected at the same time. So hopefully we see, you know, the women straw weight, and uh, we see some new contenders coming from the women's straw weight and the men's lightweight divisions to bring us some more good title fights. I expect they'll both be some killer, killer fights. But that's about all I got for you on this. Um, once again, you can. Find me on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MMA underscore fan podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing a contest. I still don't know what the prize is going to be yet. I will find that out and let you know. But it'll end the Saturday before U UFC 225. I'll announce the winner on the, the podcast episode for the previews. And it's essentially just find me a better name than MMA fan for the name of the podcast. Or 
If you think MMA fan's a really good name for the podcast, let me know, and maybe I'll end up keeping it. But I feel like there's got to be a really just cool, catchy name that doesn't sound kind of boring. Because for some reason, it sounds kind of boring and bland to me. But just let me know on Twitter. Uh, and you can also find the podcast on iTunes. The preview episode will probably end up dropping on Monday because it's the first episode and it takes a couple days. But every episode after that will only take a few hours to drop on iTunes. You can find it on Anchor Podcasts. And I believe there was a third one called Overcast Podcasts. And there's a fourth one, but I don't remember what the name was. Um, Anchor Podcast is kind of doing all of that for me. And it's really cool. Uh, and you can please give some feedback so I can improve the podcast as well. And tell me any people you would like me to bring on in future episodes as co-hosts. Thank you, everyone. And go watch the fights. If you haven't seen them, they were really good fights. So thank you everyone and I'll see you for UFC 224.